Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and I'm glad that you're listening this beautiful Sunday morning. Well, it's going to be a little bit of a different show today. We're going to be coming away from the apologetics and evidence and answers and things like that that we normally focus on, but it'll be relevant to anyone that is listening this morning. We're going to be talking with a friend of mine and ministry partner, and Rick has done a lot of prison ministry in the past, and he's going to be talking a little bit about how we can experience true freedom. And bluntly speaking, every one of us has been or is in bondage to different things in our lives. And Jesus came to set us free from that bondage that enslaves us. In fact, he says in his word that it is for freedom that he has set us free. So this morning we're going to be talking about how to experience that freedom. So talking about that, Rick, welcome to The God Solution. Thank you. Good to be here. So Rick Williams is on staff with Praise Him Ministries. And he's also done various other types of ministry, including prison ministry. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, as, as Nate said, uh, Rick Williams, and uh, I do work with Praise Him Ministries right now. That's the, we're, we're home-based in Ridgeway, Colorado. But one of the things we're really excited about uh, is Night Vision. Uh, Night Vision is a, a music festival that uh, Praise Him Ministries has been uh, partaking in and, and creating this we're in our ninth year, and it's uh, it's a it's a huge event, huge music event, and we are we're excited about uh, who we have coming this year. If I can get a little plug for for those, we have Stephen Curtis Chapman coming, and we have Jeremy Camp. Those are our headliners, uh, along with some great speakers. Uh, it's a two day event, uh, July twelfth uh, and thirteenth, and they're in Olathe, Colorado, and it's it's going to be great. It's really exciting. So and it's awesome that we get to share Jesus. With, with the community, a community that's welcomed us there, you know, so it's been really good and enjoying that. I'll be there this summer at Night Vision, and you'll hear about it more on this show as the time approaches, but I'd love to invite you already to be there July 12th and 13th of this summer in Olathe, Colorado for the Night Vision Music Festival. It'll be phenomenal, and there will be a ton of bands and great stuff. It'll be a great concert. I can't great wait. Concert. All that being said, Rick was telling me a story last night that really caught my attention. And I had planned to do a different show this morning on pseudogenes. I'll probably put that off till next week or maybe even later. But after hearing this story, I thought I really want to take some time to have Rick share this story and then kind of elaborate how that relates to the rest of us. So, Rick, why don't you tell me the story that you shared with my wife and I last night? Okay. Uh, I was sharing with Nate last night about... Uh, a particular inmate when I was a full-time chaplain at one of the prisons in Canyon City. And this particular inmate, who I, I termed as a fringe fellow, would uh, partake in some of the activities uh, that we we uh, did at the prison, but was not a was not a, a a regular attender per se. Anyway, long story short, with that, uh, this particular individual contracted cancer. Uh, he had a lung cancer. It had been growing, I guess, over the time, but he kept it pretty pretty hidden. So he was, uh, he was shipped out to the hospital that was in, uh, Pueblo, Colorado. And, uh, in this, I got a phone call that he had been, been sent down. So I was working on the details of trying to be able to go visit him. In that process, I had to get permission from the warden and, and also be able to have the, the 
information and such that that I needed to to be involved uh, in his life and go go into the the hospital there. So as we went to Pueblo, I, I got the approval from the the warden, and I got to to the hospital there in Pueblo. I found out that. Uh, Colorado, after a certain period of days, they t- transfer the security aspect of, of an inmate to a, a private uh, security group. So my wife and I went in. Uh, we tried to get all the details we could about where he was and uh, took a little bit to get the room that he was even in. But once we did, we went up, and uh, he wasn't even there. He had actually gone to an X-ray and whatever they were doing to find out all the details of the cancer. So we waited. And as he uh, was coming back, we were walking out of the room, and he saw me, and he, he hollered out, hey, chap. So we went in. The, the officer wasn't there at the time, so once the nurses dropped him off and such and left him in the room, we got to visit a little bit. Now, uh, he didn't know uh, that he had a personal relationship with Jesus. He knew nothing about God other than the fact that he, he knew that he wanted to, to know more. So we got to talk a little bit, and about two minutes into the conversation, I kind of sensed in my heart that we didn't have a whole lot of time with respect and staying there. So I asked him that if he were to die that particular day and stand before God and God were to say to him, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And his words were, I don't know, but I do want to know. So we went through a very short uh, gospel message, i.e. that we're sinners, uh, need to be saved by grace. God sent a savior into the world that could take away all of that and we could stand before God clean, sins forgiven, righteous before God because of what Jesus did on the cross. So long story short with this, as we're talking with him, the officer came back in and within just a few minutes, the phone rang. And though I heard some of the conversation, Marcia and I had linked up with him and we were praying with him, you know, a, a prayer to accept Jesus as a savior. I heard this, the officer go, but they're praying. <laughs> i.e., that's time to get out. So he didn't He didn't interrupt us. And I, I tell you, this was an amazing act of God because as soon as we got done, he prayed the prayer, he asked the Lord to be a Savior. It was awesome. As soon as we said amen, the officer said we had to get out because we weren't allowed in there, even though I had all the paperwork that said I could be there, so forth and so on. So I'm trying to give him uh, some scripture to read and such and even had a Bible uh, and we're being ushered out. So I'm standing outside the door. I'm talking to him from outside the door, writing these scriptures down and gave him the Bible and handed this to the officer and told him, you know, asked him to, to give the, the Bible to the, the gentleman. And he said he would. And as he did going through it, I told him to read these things and such. And uh, we, we had to leave. I got word that the next day that he actually had died that night. And it was amazing to us because we had just a very slim window to be able to do this. And God worked a miracle in this man's life. All the more that created uh, a sense of urgency in me that you never know. You never know what's in store for you. And I became very passionate in sharing Jesus because we, we are in a time that we don't have much time. Um, I believe in my heart that we have the answer that this world needs. That's a hope in Jesus Christ. I mean, we're in a hopeless world. When you look at all the things that are going on all around us, uh, we need to let people know that we have that answer. You can live hope-filled in this world that we live in today. So that's where that, that's that story in a nutshell. And it's an exciting it's an exciting truth what God does in our lives. It is an absolutely encouraging story to say the least. And I love how God was so concerned with this individual yes. that he would make a way for him to hear the gospel before. He was taken from this earth. And now 
He is living life unlike he ever free. imagined it on this planet. Right. And free, exactly, right. from all the bondage that rules on this planet. Gosh, the hope that we have in Christ is greater than any hope offered by anybody in history. And it's not just tritefully offered hope. This is authentic and verified. And we have the evidence for what we believe. This is what we can live our lives knowing that Jesus is true and that he can offer what he says he can offer and that he'll come through and provide eternal life for those that put their trust in him. Wow, what a story. Now, as you share this exciting story, I can't help but realize that so many people are just like that individual that you shared with. Right. Maybe they aren't physically incarcerated. Maybe they're not physically imprisoned. But they are living without hope, and they are living in bondage to sin. They're living in bondage to despair. They're living in bondage to stress and anxiety. They're living in bondage to their own selfishness and their own desires, which over and over and over again drag them away from all that God has for them. And so many people are what we've said time and time again and what you've heard are laughing on the outside but crying on the inside. Right. And they're in despair and in bondage. So how do you see your role relating to those types of people? What has really been borne out in me is a, is a scripture. It's a passage in, in Matthew that probably just about everybody knows, that knows anything about what it is to be sharing Jesus Christ. Matthew twenty eight nineteen that, that uh, Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey the commandments that I've taught you. And he said these words as well. He said, and surely I will be with you to the ends of the earth. Some of the most comforting words that may be so simple, but the most comforting words that a person can read and understand, who's especially just found faith in Jesus Christ, because God's called us to share Jesus all too often today, uh, we have we have become almost secret agents in the church. Okay, the body of Christ become almost secret agents. You know, maybe not all of them. Okay, but but there's it, it's a mindset we just don't say anything. Again, I go back to the hope that we have. <clears throat> Jesus is the hope for this this earth. He's the hope that is to to handle these these things that we talk about as bondages and struggles. Yet we keep it quiet. All right, as a prison chaplain, what I've noticed. You know, I don't know how many people know about what what's what's in prison. You know, we can say it's bad people and they're locked up for good and throw away the key kind of mindset. But in reality, the people that are in prison are the same people, just like the same people that are on the outside. Okay? It's just that they've been caught. Their sin has been exposed in, in such a way that they've been placed in prison. But they have the same needs. They have the same hurts, the same lostness, the same I need help kind of mentality, the same I'm going to hide. I don't want people to see what's really on the inside, but I'm struggling. I'm dying. I need that help. And when when I've chatted with some of these folks, I've, I've been just emotionally ripped in my heart going, wow, I used to live like that. I had those issues and God saved me from that. He took me out of what would be horrible situations. And here I am faced with these men that I that I deal with, and I go, I relate to that. I can tell you what God's done in me. And the exciting thing is that is these guys will listen. I've had more than one inmate tell me, no one has ever told me that before. No one has, has come to me and been just as pointed as you, you've been. No one has said what I needed to hear right now, you know, in your face kind of mentality that this is what I needed. 
Okay, that's where we need to be. God's called us to share him. God's called us to be faithful and just sharing our faith in him. It's not my job to save anybody. It's not my job to bring guilt and conviction. That's what God does with respect to the convicting side that changes us. Okay, conviction is not a bad thing. Conviction is what changes us. Guilt is a bad thing, and that doesn't come from God. Okay, and I've been excited at what God has done in the lives of men that he's given me the opportunity to share Jesus with. It's been amazing, simply amazing. That's awesome. We all, like I said before, have areas that we have lived in bondage or maybe still live in bondage. And Jesus came to set the captives free. He said that. And as you listen this morning, I would ask you to think about the areas of your life that you just can't get control of. You want control of those areas. And you wish there was a way. And maybe you've tried everything you know to get past that issue that keeps getting you. And maybe you've concluded, I just can't do it. I can't get better in that area. I think it was Benjamin Franklin that came up with the list of virtues that he wanted to master in his life, to live a perfect, virtuous life. And he wasn't even a believer, but after a very short time of pursuing those virtues, he realized the second I master one, I fail at one that I'd previously thought I mastered. And he realized it is impossible on my own to live the life that I know I need to live. I can't meet my own standards, much less God's. And with that in mind, whoever you are listening today, there's hope. You can have freedom from that cycle. You can have freedom from the bondage that always seems to get you. And that freedom is found in Jesus Christ. Rick mentioned it a minute ago, and I'll close the show with it a little bit more in a minute. But Jesus promised that anyone that puts their trust in him would be adopted into his family, forgiven for all of eternity, brought into an eternity with him in heaven, and guaranteed a life of meaning and purpose here on this planet until that time. It's more than anyone else is offering. So today, if you've never taken that step to say, Jesus, I trust in you, I would encourage you to take that and to take him up on his offer, to take him up when he says, if any of you are weary and heavy burden, come to me and I will give you rest. He really will. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution here on KDUR 91.9 and 93.9 FM here in Durango and KDUR.org online. I'm thrilled that you're tuned in this morning. I'm talking with a friend named Rick Williams, and Rick is on staff with PHM Praise Him Ministries. They work with Night Vision, a big music festival, and a lot of different other areas. He's also a prison minister and ministers to inmates. We're talking about the difference between bondage and freedom and the reality that God desires freedom for you no matter who you are and no matter what kind of bondage you face. Even those things that only you know about yourself, the things you try to hide, he desires to give you freedom from all of that. Now, Rick, you told me this morning that what God's been really putting on your heart lately is how we can literally walk in that freedom and not in the bondage that we've escaped from. So what do you have to say about that lifestyle of living in freedom? The the reality is that as long as we don't have Jesus in our hearts, in our lives, there's no way we can be set free. I was thinking about as we were talking early, earlier with the, the, uh, the inmate population uh, in prisons and how, how it's, it's very similar to what it is on the outside of prison. You know, there's, there's so many things that hold us in bondage. As you and I were sharing earlier, 
the, some of the issues, you know, say pornography, uh, alcoholism, drugs, these things that would, would hold a person. That's hard to break free. And the only way to get free from something like that is God. He's the only one that can break those those sins that, that become really chains that can't be broken. And as I was thinking about this, I believe the, the Lord makes it very clear. And Paul spoke of these things. You, you were talking about um, Ben Franklin and, and the 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 uh, the life aspect that he was trying to change. Paul said something very similar that in Romans chapter seven, uh, starting there at verse fourteen, where he said that you know I, the, the spiritual law, the, this law is in effect. He said I, I see these things that happen in my life when when I want to do the things that I know I should do, but I don't do these things. Okay. He said, I find this law at work in my members, that while I want to do good and I'm, I'm in the good, evil is right there with me. And there's this, this dichotomy that takes place back and forth with, with good and evil. And Paul uses these words, you know, what a wretched man I am. Who can save me from all of these things? And then he says, Jesus Christ. And, he, and as we go into uh, Romans 8, he says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He says uh, that that um, because of, of Christ, the, Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. That's the reality of what all this is about. It's freedom. It's freedom in Christ. Okay. And, and I'm excited because I tell you this, Nate, I was one of those guys that was wrapped up and bound up in the things of the world. And I, I had no freedom. My struggle was in anger. I couldn't be released from anger. I tried all I could. But it wasn't until I met Jesus face to face that he set me free from that. And, and it's changed. Doesn't mean I don't have that fight there, but Jesus set me free. And my, my hope, my trust in him, I have victory over these things. That's an amazing truth. And I thank God for that. Absolutely. Now, as we learn to walk in that freedom, our mind is the epicenter of the battle. And... Our mind can get the best of us, or we can get the best of it. Yes, it can. I had a professor once that told me, just quit thinking. (laughs) Not always the best advice, but sometimes our minds can get us into this trap of bondage. And I'm not talking about thinking through important issues. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to love God with all our mind. And I think that we as Christians should be the most thoughtful people around, and we should be the most inquisitive people around, and we should investigate and learn and discover, and I think that God has called us to love him that way. Similarly, there comes a time when these battles rise up in our mind. The good that I want to do, I can't do, and the bad that I don't want to do, I keep on doing, as Paul said in Romans 7. So what do you think about this mind battle and how it enslaves people and keeps them in bondage, and how can they have freedom to live the life that Christ has called them to, the life of abundance, the life of meaning, the life of peace and love and joy and hope, the life of security. I'm going to go back to Paul. It seems like Paul has so much wisdom for us today in the the book of Romans. If you want to read a really good book about life, go to the book of Romans. But Paul was talking in Romans 12, and and specifically verse 2, he says, Do not be conformed to the pattern pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says, Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good and perfect will for our lives. And see, that's the key. Unless we find this simple truth, 
where we focus on God's Word, we study the Word of God, we, we spend that time of devotional, and what I mean by devotion is more than just that word. It's about build, building that relationship, digging deep to, 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 um, to grow a relationship with Jesus that the Spirit becomes so overwhelmed by the power of God that the flesh, though it tries to rise up, it's defeated. We have to renew our minds daily. And that's not just on the spiritual side. It happens physically as well. When we're reading God's Word, when we're, we're studying God's Word, it flows into us, and God's Word is alive, Nate. It's alive. And with that, we're transformed, we're renewed in that, that aspect. And what was a problem before, what was a, uh, this, this chain and bondage becomes weaker. It, it, it gets, in fact, it becomes broken because of Christ and what He did on the cross. It, it, it breaks that sin. That chain, and when we read God's word daily, it has to be a daily deal, the way I see it. It's just like we eat food, but we feast at the table of God. With that, we become stronger in our walk, and we, we, we have a, a changed mind. The whole focus of the mind is no longer in the things of this earth with respect to all that struggle, but we're set free, and we can focus on the good things that God has created, and with that, we can be ambassadors for Jesus and reality, have happiness and true peace and hope that we could never have had without God in our lives. Absolutely. I think that changing our mind, renewing our mind issue is so important. You know, the Bible is very clear on this. God himself says in Isaiah chapter 55 that his thoughts and ways are different than our thoughts and ways. And if I want to act like Jesus, if I want to act in the loving, purposeful way that he acted and lived, if I want to emulate his life, then I have to think like him because thought precedes action. We're told that in James chapter 1. And it's a logical fact of life as well. So if I want to act like God, it's imperative that I think like him. And the way I can think like him is to hide his word in my heart. And that's why King David said in Psalm 119.11 that he hid God's word in his heart so that he would not sin against God. Because as he memorized scripture and as he put God's word in his heart, he renewed his mind and began to think like Jesus and so began to act like him as well. And the same goes for each one of us. As we really devour God's word and as we really learn to think like him, we begin to see a transformation of our lifestyle like you just read. And we begin to live lives that emulate Christ's and honor him at the same time instead of the life of bondage to sin that used to be what defined us. Right. And I just want to add to this another particular passage that means so much to me is in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, where the Word of God tells us that, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, all things are brand new. That's an exciting passage of Scripture, because all that old stuff, all that junk that I, that I had in my life that just made things difficult for me, that, that caused the issues in my life, are no longer the stronghold in me. Second uh, Corinthians uh, ten four, uh, three four and five tell us that you know about spiritual warfare, the things that we that that we deal with today, how we fight uh, the the spiritual battles today are not carnal in nature with respect like what the world would, but we we have God you know that, that that's able to tear down the strongholds uh, that are in our, in our mind and we can honor God in that way. So. It's, it's awesome to know that we are brand new people, brand new creations, that old stuff has gone away and we're set free by, by God and what Jesus did. 
I'm reminded of a quote at the beginning of The Great Debaters when Denzel Washington said, I am here to help you keep and take back your righteous minds. And the same goes for us. Our minds have been so polluted with so much junk for so long. Every day there's a barrage of junk hitting our minds. And here is our Savior, Jesus, saying, I want to give you freedom from all of that so that you can live in freedom, so that you can experience the abundant life that I promise, so that you can have the salvation that I came to give you and that I paid for with my own life. Well, thanks for listening. And as we close out the show, I want to say again that Jesus really did come and pay the ultimate price so that you could have the freedom that we've talked about today. The Bible says that God loves you with an everlasting love. Just think about that. Before you were even born, God knew you in his mind and already loved you with an everlasting love, yearning for this very morning when he could have a relationship with you. That's been the case for all of eternity, and nothing you've ever done has caused him to stop loving you. He loves you intimately. And he doesn't just love all people, but he loves you personally. In fact, the Bible says that his thoughts for you outnumber the sand of the seas. He's constantly thinking about you. And he is constantly aware of everything that's going on in your life. The Bible says he's counted the very number of hairs on your head. That's how much he loves you. He loves every detail of your life more than anybody you know. At the same time, the Bible says, even though you are created for a relationship with the God who loves you, You also are a sinner, and so am I. And sin always separates relationships. If I were to punch Rick right now in the nose, our relationship would be instantly strained. My sin and selfishness would put a block between our friendship, and our communication and every other aspect of our friendship would suffer. The same goes for each one of us. Our sin, our selfishness, doing things our own way, have taken us away from the relationship that God created us for with himself. If the story ended there, it would be truly very sad. In fact, I was sharing this with a college student a few years back, and maybe you've heard me mention this on the air a couple times. But I got to that point in the gospel, and he said, oh my gosh, that's terrible news. He goes, why are you Christians always so happy? (laughs) And I said, well, because it gets better from there. If it ended there, it would be bad. But the good news that I'm excited to share this morning is that God became a human being. He became a human being that dwelt among us here on this earth, Jesus Christ, God in human flesh, who came to relate to us on our level, to live a perfect life that we could never live, and to die the death that you and I deserved. And when he died, the Bible says he took upon himself the sins of the world so that anyone that would put their trust in him could be forgiven of all their sins. Think of the worst thing that you've ever done. Maybe the thing that keeps you in a state of bondage, just hoping that that doesn't get out, or just thinking, what would people think about me if they knew X, Y, or Z? Jesus came to forgive you of that so that you don't have to live with that guilt and shame and so that you don't have to live thinking that that'll separate you from God. He died on the cross. He paid for all your sins. The Bible says he literally nailed them to the cross. Now the ball is in my court. Jesus says that anyone who puts their trust in him can receive what he already paid for, that free gift, the Bible says, of salvation. And I'd just ask you this morning, if you've never taken that step to say, Jesus, I need you, please come into my life. Please forgive me. Please be my Savior and my Lord. I would ask you to take that step of faith this morning, putting your trust in him, 
taking him up on his offer, realizing that he truly did pay everything so that you could be guaranteed an eternity with him in heaven and in a life of abundance, meaning, and purpose here on this planet. If you've never taken that step, I'd ask you to take that step this morning. I would also like to invite you to the River Church this morning. We'll be meeting at 10.45 a.m. right off of Florida Road on 860 Plymouth Drive. It's a great place where you can come no matter what your spiritual background or no matter where you're at in your own journey, where you'll be accepted for who you are and encouraged towards the God who loves you. Please join us this morning at the River Church at 1045 on Florida Road, right off of Florida Road, I should say, on Plymouth Drive. Well, it's been an interesting morning. Rick, any last words before we close it out? I would just like to say that God loves you and that he's, he, he accepts us where we are. And I, I appreciate what you said uh, in that. And I just hope and pray that if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, that you would do that as uh, Nate was, le- was leading. And God bless you. Awesome. Again, visit GodSolutionShow.com and give us your comments and feedback. And definitely, if you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the air, we'd love to hear what it is so that we could get into that. I hope next week to discuss the pseudogene issue. And it'll be an interesting show, so tune in for that. As I always say, an open mind, honest heart, humble disposition, and diligent search always lead to Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great Sunday afternoon.